We heard St. Peter tell us this morning in his epistle that is written to Christians who are suffering, if you are insulted in connection with the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Amen. My dear fellow saints, fight the good fight. Jesus Christ, my sure defense, rise to arms with prayer implore you. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Those are four of the hymns that we are singing today for worship. Do you notice the common theme in those hymns? They all share the imagery of a battlefield. And one of the key weapons that Jesus gives us as we enter the battlefield is the weapon of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is conversing with the almighty creator. It is laying your heart open in confession to, your, to Jesus, your best friend. It is asking for comfort from the Holy Spirit who is your comforter. Prayer can be adoration as you are telling God who he is, giving him the adoration that he deserves. Prayer will include your confession of sins, laying your soul bare before the Almighty God, and then following that up by opening the pages of Scripture so that you can hear Jesus' comforting words of absolution. Prayer will include petitions of thanksgiving, thanking God for the physical and spiritual gifts that he daily pours out on you richly. Prayer will include petitions prayed for for your church, your school, your high school, your church body, your pastor, your teachers, your family, friends, health, wealth, nation, and so on. But honestly, how often do you take up this weapon of prayer? How often do you have to blow the dust off of this weapon? How often do you avail yourself of God's almighty power that he gives to you in prayer? Do you kneel beside your bed in the morning asking for God's blessing upon your day? Do you pray that your will and words will match God's will and words throughout the day? Do you pray asking for God's protection upon your children and grandchildren as he will send his holy angels to protect them from the devil and his evil angels throughout the day? Do you say a quick prayer of thanksgiving as you pass by an accident on the freeway that was really close to where you were? And then do you also say a quick prayer of healing for whomever was involved in that accident on the freeway? German theologian Johann Gerhard has these wise words to say about prayer. The benefit of prayer is so great that it cannot be expressed. Prayer is the dove, which when sent out returns again, bringing with it the olive leaf, namely peace of heart. Prayer is the golden chain which God holds fast and lets not go until he blesses. Prayer is Moses' rod which brings forth the water of consolation out of the rock of salvation. Prayer is Samson's jawbone which smites down our enemies. Prayer is David's heart before which the evil spirit flies. Prayer is the key to heaven's treasures. Prayer is a powerful weapon in our battle against Satan. There is protection provided in prayer. But fellow saints, 
why do we need this protection provided in prayer? After all, Jesus Christ has already defeated the devil. That the king of kings went up against the prince of this world with his sacrificial death and his glorious resurrection. And he defeated the devil once and for all. Jesus Christ now has dominion over all things. Yes, though the war has been won, the battle continues to rage on. In Revelation chapter 12, Jesus Christ gives a picture of the spiritual battle to St. John, who records it as a battle between St. Michael, the archangel, and his angels, and the great red seven-headed dragon of the devil and his evil angels. That red dragon was cast out of heaven. That's fantastic. But he's cast down to earth. That's not so fantastic. The devil continues to rage. He continues to rage in this world, and he continues to rage particularly against you. And why you? Because you have been set free. You are like a bird that has been set free from the cage and the captor, as we sang about in our psalm. You are a baptized child of God. Once you were in the darkness, but now you are a child of the light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people who are holy and blameless in God's sight. Once you used to belong to the devil according to your sinful nature, but now you belong to the Lord because of your baptized, sanctified nature. You are different. You are weird. You are in the world, but not of the world. You now have a Christian spiritual worldview instead of the anti-Christian political worldview of everybody else. You are intent on actively influencing the culture instead of just sitting back on your couch and passively allowing the culture to influence you. You hear all the news but you only believe the truth of God's word. You are strangers here because you know that you are really citizens of heaven. And Satan hates you. He hates you for all of it. Satan is going to come at you, and he's going to come at you hard. So you prepare yourself with prayer. One of the ways that Native Americans would prepare their young teenagers for war was on the 13th birthday of this young brave, after he learned about fishing, hunting, and scouting, he was taken out into the woods at night blindfolded. And while in the darkness of the night, he could remove the blindfold, and he's all alone in the darkness of the woods. And whenever he would hear a twig break, he would imagine that there was a predator that was ready to pounce. It was a terrifying evening. But when the sun came up, it wasn't so terrifying anymore. He could see the flowers and the trees and the path through the trees. He could also see the shadow of an Indian warrior with his bow and arrow nearby. That shadow of a man was his father, who had been there all night. Fellow sons and daughters, you may not be able to see your heavenly Father protecting you, but he's always with you. 
Yes, you are a Christian who is living in enemy territory, and Satan will do everything he can to bring you down. But God guarantees that no one can pluck you out of his hands. Jesus teaches you to go to God for his protection and providence that's provided you in prayer. Jesus is in the upper room in our sermon text on Thursday night of Holy Week. And he is praying for your protection. Jesus prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you. For you gave him authority over all flesh so that he may give eternal life to all those you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me at your own side with the glory I had at your side before the world existed. Jesus revealed that his greatest glory would come through his greatest humiliation, through his suffering and death. There, Jesus finished the work that the Father had given him to do from eternity. And what was that work? The battle for your eternal freedom. It was not one with, against flesh and blood with bullets or swords, but it was fought against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. When Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary, then the prince of darkness, the ancient serpent, he coiled, ready to attack. And as soon as Christ was born, then Satan attacked with King Herod, trying to snuff out the life of the newborn Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, it must have seemed like the gates of hell had opened wide and the legions of angels, of evil angels, were released from hell. Because every time Jesus was there in the desert being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, he overcame Satan's temptations. And when the devil realized he could no longer get at the Son of God, he turned his attention to the Son of God's disciples, trying to sift them like wheat. And he did get, he did get to Judas. And as Jesus went around preaching and teaching, it seems like almost every village he went to had at least one person who was possessed by demons. And every time Jesus preached, then the demons shrieked and they fled because he was the one who had come to undo all the works of Satan and make all things new. And before Jesus goes into battle, one last time in the darkness against the prince of darkness, he prays. He prays a few verses here for himself. He'll pray for himself later on in the Garden of Gethsemane. But then he prays for his disciples in that room, for Peter, Thomas, and Andrew. And then he prays for his followers. He prays particularly for you. Jesus prays for you because he is leaving you. He is leaving you in this world, but not as part of this world. I pray for them. I am not praying for this world, but for those you've given me, because they are yours. All that is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine. And I am glorified in them. 
I am no longer going to be in the world, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Jesus is leaving. And he is leaving his followers behind. We are in the world, but we are to be different from the world. Basically, Jesus is praying that his heavenly Father continues to make you weird. And you are weird. I've been your pastor for a long time. You are some weird people. And what makes you so weird? You're weird because you're here, worshiping on a Sunday morning instead of doing something, anything else. You're weird because you give your money freely to support a ministry of a church and school and high school and church body. You're weird because you live and act and speak differently from those around you. You're weird because you wait to have sex until you're married. You're weird because you spend so much time in prayer. You're weird because you send your children to our grade school and high school away from everything else that's out there in the world. And since you are so weird, people around you will notice Because we are Christ soldiers who are living in enemy territory. The world around us, they are our enemies. Only the way they see it. They may oppose us, but they're not really our enemies because Jesus calls us to love our enemies. So though they may oppose us, we are reaching out and praying for them so that we can gain them to our side, for Christ's side. Because why else would Jesus leave us in this spiritually hostile world? He doesn't pray for our Heavenly Father to take us out of the world. Instead, he prays, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And so Jesus has left you here for a direct mission. Not a super secret mission, but a well-publicized and visible mission. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you. For you gave him authority over all flesh so that he may give eternal life to all those you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me at your own side with the glory I had at your side before the world existed. Your mission is to believe and receive eternal life that Jesus has given you. Your mission is to believe God's words so that you can then share God's words. Jesus prayed, I revealed your name to the men you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have held on to your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they received them. They learned the truth that I came from you. They believe that you sent me. Fellow saints, when we baptize our children, we make the sign of the cross over their head and their heart, marking them as redeemed and reclaimed children of God. Martin Luther teaches us to pray Every morning and evening, his morning and evening prayers, the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, and then to cross ourselves. I know many families that when they're putting their children down to bed after reading them stories and then reading them Bible stories and praying with them, 
They make the sign of the cross over their children, thereby marking them as belonging to Jesus and thereby telling Satan he might as well just leave them alone because they belong to Jesus. There's one family that continues that practice even as teenagers, but does it in the morning that they'll say a prayer with their children and make the sign of the cross before they send them off to school. One day, one teenager was in a rush to get to school, and he ran up to his dad and said, hurry up, dad, do me, do me. And he didn't want to leave the house until he had that prayer and of protection and that sign of the cross marking him as belonging to Christ. So, fellow saints, if we are serious about protecting ourselves and our children, let us begin and end each day in prayer. And then praying continually throughout the day, always praying with confidence that Jesus also prayed, and he continues to pray for us too. That is the protection provided us in prayer. Amen.